What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt, Lift, Eat official podcast. I'm your co-host, Perry, joined this week by the one and only, the world-famous Carter producer <laughs> extraordinaire. And got a couple other guests this evening. Got uh, got good old Bobby and got Garrett all the way from Colorado. How's it going, fellas? Doing well, doing well. What's up, man? Glad to be back again. I got to warn everybody, I am caffeinated out the ass right now, so I might be a little ex- eccentric on this one. That kind of that kind of scares me, Bobby, because I always feel like you're hopped up on caffeine. So I'm I'm excited to see you on caffeine a little bit, dude. dude I'm I'm five rains deep right now. I know like you're only supposed <laughs> to have one a day, but it was that kind of day right now. So we're we're definitely amped up, and it's only seven forty here right now. So. You got to go to bed at some point, man. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Hell yeah, cool. Well, uh, who wants to start us off, um, Bobby? You're you're chomping at the bit hopped up on on the good stuff man give us what you yeah, got I'm, I'm tapping like crazy i'm ready man i'm okay. ready to let's go put down the so since we're gonna do uh some of, you know last time i think we talked about uh actually i think it was the last time we were all three talked we were talking about rack getters and minerals and that great stuff right there so i wanted to kind of just talk a little bit more about that in depth because i've been busy getting my mineral sites uh already and set up and i i failed to be the guy and say the important tip of where to put your minerals. So I think one of the biggest things that people fail to forget is they want to put their minerals right next to their feeder. And that's not always the best spot for, let's say your mineral site. Uh, I found that, and I don't know if you guys agree with me here on this one, but I found that when you put a mineral site out that you want to go near the bedding area and where you see a lot of activity close to there, if you see a walkway off the trail or something, not necessarily, you know, where you're feeding them, but more or less kind of closer to their bedding area. I'm not sure where you guys put yours. Yeah, I take a similar approach to that. Um, I think it's it's one of those things that gets often overlooked. A lot of times, you know, some people might think you can just dump out minerals wherever and the deer will kind of find them and utilize them. And that may be true to a certain extent, but uh, being somewhat intentional with your location can really go a long way towards making sure that if you're using them for that inventory purpose, et cetera. Um, and also, you know, growth, if you're targeting um, bucks that you want to get those minerals into that, you know, you're, you're not kind of, you're not kind of shooting yourself in the foot by not optimizing the location of those minerals. Yeah. I, I hit mine in transition areas kind of between just going off what my neighbor's property has and then transitioning into mine. I have a good transition area between their deep kind of hardwoods and then transitioning into my, uh, pasture that I, that I plant with food plots. And so I've got a nice little transition area with some real thick cover, uh, real thick privet. And then I've cut kind of a hole through the fence. Uh, I literally cut the fence between my neighbor's property and my property. And so they feed through there and I'll have a camera there in that transition area so I can monitor pretty accurately what's going on there. Cause they're going to take the path of least resistance. And then in that shaded dark kind of Bobby and, and Perry, you know what I'm talking about in the Eastern side of the United States. It's, it's cooler down. It's, it's kind of down by a Creek. It's, it's dark. It's got some canopy cover. And then, uh, I've got a, uh, I, I cut a tree and then there, there's a stump there and that's where my minerals go. And then you can see the food plots on the other side. Um, but it's kind of a good enticing kind of maneuver to get those deer to that spot before they transition into the food plot. Cause sometimes they could be hesitant. So at least I feel like it makes them more comfortable and makes them a little more inviting to come in. 
Yeah, I don't think we have science to back this all up, but we all feel a certain way about where we put everything. So, I mean, science might be there, but I feel like we all have our own tips and tricks. And this is actually the first year I have did two different locations for uh, different things. And I ended up uh, using some of Gerard's mineral attractant, like the liquid stuff, and I mixed it in with my uh, with my mix and my protein blends and my salt. So ended up kind of doing like a custom one in a bucket. And I got to tell you, I, I went, I put it out two weeks ago and I went out last week and I could actually smell the green apple probably halfway through the trail. I'm like, holy crap, that shit's like the wind, I got winded of it. And I was like, if they're not coming in for this, then I don't know what else could they, but that was strong, man. So pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Shout out a uh, rat getter sense for hooking it up. And I, uh, I'm putting out minerals tomorrow, freshening up with Gerard stuff um, as well. I went with persimmon this year. I thought that'd be a little more natural down here in Georgia. Um, and it smells phenomenal. I kind of want to drink it out of the bottle, but uh, we're going to put it out and leave it for a month, just kind of back off and take inventory, let the cameras do their thing. But um, anybody wants to use rat getter sense, use code HLE 10. There you go. Great product. Hell yeah, for sure. Yep. We definitely appreciate Gerard. If you haven't listened to the episode we did with Gerard, go back and listen to that. There's a lot of good information there. Um, I'll, uh, I'll go next. I'm going to kind of stick with the summer theme for tonight's tip. And my tip is actually going to be related to a, um, a specific company that I relatively recently found out about that is proven to be invaluable for this time of year. So this is the time of year when we're all out there, um, checking trail cameras, putting out those minerals, um, you know, doing food plots, doing summer scouting, all those things, hanging stands, hanging new sets. Um, and if you're like me, you're working outside every day too. So, you know, the ticks, the mosquitoes, the chiggers, that's always a constant issue this time of year. And even as we transition into the early season um, here in the Southeast, that's, that's always a constant source of frustration. So my tip is going to be, if you're in the neighborhood, um, there's a company in North Carolina called Insect Shield. And these guys treat your clothes. The way it works is, they, um, you, you ship them off your clothes that you want treated and it's a permethrin based treatment and they actually treat the clothes and it lasts for approximately 60 to 70 washes. And so I did this back in the spring, um, sent them a bunch of my work clothes and it has worked extremely well. I've had no chiggers, very few mosquitoes. I found my first tick yesterday after literally being, like I said, outside almost, almost every day this summer so far, um, not a, this is not a paid sponsorship by any by any means. We've talked about different methods to repel um, repel the uh, the insects this time of year. Um, permethrin, I think, is a great option. It's it's got a great track record with the FDA as far as being safe. Um, but these guys have found a way to actually treat your clothes with that in in a in a way that it lasts through multiple washes. And I'm strongly considering sending them my early season uh, camo and hunting wear for for bow season here in north carolina virginia and you know hopefully not having to worry at all about those those uh, mosquitoes etc so that's what i got check them out insect shield um like i said they're in north carolina i wouldn't think for for you carter bobby um you know garrett might be a little bit tougher for you in colorado but for you know any of the, the states around here you know send them your stuff and you get it back in a few days and uh, it works extremely well that sounds phenomenal. I'm going to have to check that out because early season archery down here, it could be 90 degrees. It could be 95 degrees. It can be hot and still and humid uh, and brutal. And, you know, honestly, 
sometimes the juice just ain't worth the squeeze because of the bugs, the mosquitoes and the chiggers and the ticks can just make it straight up not fun. Um, so that sounds awesome. And just glancing at their website, it sounds like a pretty awesome product, EPA certified and uh, odorless. Like, that's pretty cool. I love that. I like how we're both on the website right now too. Like, well, yeah, I'm like I, really I was, intrigued. I was looking it up. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna shoot him a message because I'm always looking for something to help in early season archery. Yeah, I was just starting to pull them up too, so that I could see if even here in Colorado, what it would take to send my stuff there. Yeah, I know there's other companies that do, um, you know, have similar treatment methods for your clothes, and I don't know. This is the only one I've ever used. Um, like I said, this is my first year doing it. I've I've been extremely you know, surprised, pleasantly surprised. I honestly was, wasn't sure how well it was going to work, but it's been extremely effective and it's got me thinking about those early season archery hunts and, um, you know, hell you, you treat the camo and if it's good for 60 washes, that should, that should last for a couple of seasons at least. So, you know, again, not a paid sponsorship, but I've been telling everyone I know that that works in the outdoors or spends a lot of time in the outdoors, like we do this time of year to check them out because so far it's been that good. And that really is a stamp of approval from you because you make your living walking through the woods every single day, even during the hottest parts of the month down here in the South. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, we, we go where we have to, and there's usually ticks and chiggers and mosquitoes and the whole nine. So yeah, check them out. Insect shield. That's my, that's my tip this evening. Cool. I love it, man. What you got for I, us, Carter? Well, we're going to change gears big time. Everybody ready for this pivot? This pivot here. We always no- got to throw a curveball. Always <laughs> with no intro. So the only thing, the only two things on my mind during the summer are deer season that's coming up, and Bobby's already handled the minerals. So I'm going to shift, shift fire a little bit and talk about something else I'm passionate about, which is gardening. Um, and so the garden is in full bloom right now. We're actually having a little bit of a drought down here in Georgia. Are you getting some of that, Perry, as well? Yeah, I am. I've been checking the forecast a lot, hoping for those afternoon thunderstorms when they've been pretty sparse. So, I mean, we're not we're not super droughty yet, but it's it's getting pretty dry. Yeah, we're we're getting pretty dry here. I'm looking out the window right now. We just had one of those afternoon showers come in, which is great. But uh, my tip this week is about your tomatoes. Uh, tomatoes are worth their weight in gold in Georgia during the summer months. Um, tomato sandwiches are life changing and will make you uh, deadlift more than Luke Cox. Um, so that's, that's the, that's the key to your summer, you know, strength building program. Um, so for your tomatoes, a couple things you want to look for, especially now when you're reaching the hotter months, um, there's, there's two types of tomatoes, uh, which maybe a lot of folks don't know about. Um, you have your determinate and your indeterminate types of tomatoes. And so each tomato plant and each tomato strain is going to be one of those two types. So it's important that you know what type of those you're planting in your garden. So your determinate tomatoes, um, they hit their mature height, usually around four feet, maybe five feet. Um, and then all of their fruit comes in at once. Okay. So you'll see their little yellow flowers start coming up. And then when you start seeing that and you start seeing the fruit, uh, grow from those flowers after they've been pollinated, all the fruit's going to come in at once. And so you need to be ready to harvest all those tomatoes at once. Um, uh, which is great. And then your other type of tomato plant are your indeterminate and your indeterminates are kind of like your, your, your vining type tomatoes, like your cherry tomatoes or things like that, that grow on a vine and, you know, split off on each side, look pretty going down the vine. Um, and they will continue to produce fruit throughout the entire growing season until that first frost kills them or you, or you pull them out. Um, 
And so understanding the differences between those two types of tomatoes is really important at the beginning. And then at this point in the game, my tip is you need to understand how you can, uh, I guess, trim up your tomato plants to make them more proficient um, or prolific, I guess, with with regards to fruit. So with your determinate type tomatoes, with with your ones that come in all at once, your those are typically your bigger type tomatoes, your your better boys, your celebrities, um, beefsteak tomatoes. Those are kind of the most common um, uh, strains of tomato plants, I guess. Um, you, what you can do with your determinants is just cut off all the leaves that are touching the ground. Um, so all the from the main stem, you just cut off right there at the main stem. Uh, any branch, I guess, that's not part of the main stem that is uh, touching the ground, cut those off. Um, and then cut off any any branches coming off the main stem that are yellowing or look a little uh, sick or kind of weakly. Cut those off, and what's that, what that's going to do is going to allow the plant to dump that uh, all their energy back into the the main stem, and then your branches higher up, um, which is what you want. Because when it's hot like this, you want that foliage um, to protect your tomato plants, um, especially in a drought. The more foliage you have over your fruit the better your fruit's going to be. And that's going to protect you from like blossom rot and a lot of other pests that are going to come in and start eating your plant. So you want that energy to be pushed back into your plant. And then with your indeterminate tomatoes, um, what you can do is you can just trim, you trim the shit out of them, um, basically going all the way up. And indeterminate type tomatoes, they really like airflow. Airflow is really good for tomatoes. Um, And so you can trim them all the way up really, really high, maybe a foot, two feet off the ground. Um, and that allows your vining type tomatoes to really put the energy they need into producing the plants they want. So determinate, just cut the ones that are touching the grounds indeterminate. You can trim them way the heck up there. Um, never cut anything. (laughs) Don't cut the main stem. Um, and then of course, pull your suckers off. Um, if you don't know what a sucker is, it's, if you look, if you find your main stem, like if you're looking at a if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you're looking at a tree, it's the part that's going straight up. And then any branch that comes off of your main stem that is significant, like typically at a 45 degree angle or at a 90 degree angle, excuse me, um, you want to keep those. And then your suckers are going to come at the exact middle, the 45 degrees between your main stem and your branches. So they're going to be little shitting branches that come off right in the middle. Pitch those off so your tomatoes can regenerate uh, that, that kind of energy back into their plants. Um, so if you do those couple things, trim them up, get rid of your suckers, you're going to have a more prolific, uh, fruit when it's, when it's game time. Mine are, I have two in the garden right now that are starting to turn red. I'm probably going to pull them tomorrow, fry them up, make some tomato sandwiches before I get out of here and head up to, uh, Canada. And then the last thing you want to do, especially during a drought like this, one, uh, which any gardener knows this, never water during the heat of the day. That's a good way to burn up your plants, water in the mornings or the evenings. Um, but also you want to water your tomatoes at the base of the plant. You don't want to water it from the top down. So like those big oscillating sprayers are really not what you want for tomatoes. You want to get in there at the base with a nozzle on maybe like the shower setting and water at the base. Um, tomatoes don't like being wet. They like airflow and that's a good way to get mildewy leaves, um, so water at the bases and you will have a better crop this uh, summer. Carter sounded like a freaking master gardener tonight, man. That was, Dude, I'm a big tomato guy. That was awesome. That's yeah. it's funny. It's timely. I just spent like 
I think it was last evening or a couple evenings ago, I spent several minutes, quite a bit of time going through and pruning up my tomatoes. A lot of people don't do that. You know, they think you just plant yeah. the tomato and then they get ripe when you pick them. But tomatoes are, yeah. I mean, they're easy to grow, but they do need a little bit of TLC. So that's uh, that's good stuff. My wife just made a fresh batch of uh, salsa with, with our first good batch of tomatoes today. So. Heck yeah. That's good stuff. Awesome. Uh, I will just say that from somebody from New Jersey with the best tomatoes in the world, well, I'll just say that that is not cap. He is he, everything that he said was facts right there. So, <laughs> yeah, I, and that's actually a big stamp of approval because I reckon y'all know how to make a good sauce up there. We just grow a lot of tomatoes. Jersey tomatoes yeah. are just a different breed, man. Yeah, the Garden State, man. Yeah, we're here in Colorado. We're just a little bit behind y'all, definitely on the growing season. So stuff's not quite ready for us here yet. Perfect time to uh, file it away for all you Colorado listeners out there. There you go. Tomato knowledge coming at you from Carter. Garrett, close us out tonight, man. What you got for us? So I'm going to take it back over to the hunting world here. And um, basically mine's a little bit more along the lines of some field craft. Um, For my tip tonight, it's always carry a backup on some of the important things. Uh, knife sharpener is definitely a big one. I carry two of the, uh, work sharp field sharpeners, uh, pretty much every time I go out because, you know, you're using one of them, then you set it down and maybe there's snow on the ground, maybe whatever, you know, shit, when you're cleaning it out, cleaning a deer, sometimes things get misplaced and, uh, it's easy to lose stuff out there in, in the woods. Um, other stuff is like fire starter. Uh, if your lighter's not working, you have some waterproof matches. Definitely something that to always keep in the back of your mind. Um, water purification is a big one for me to, to carry two options for. Uh, I definitely like having that steri- those steri pens, but then just in case you need them, those tabs are definitely a good option to go with too. Um, definitely just making sure you have uh, whatever is necessary that you might you think you might lose out there having a backup of that's definitely not a, uh, a poor option. Yeah. Six of everything is always kind of my move. Cause I lose everything twice. So you can never have, I'll carry the extra weight. I don't give a shit. Cause I'm going to lose it. Something always breaks out there too. Like two headlamps is definitely like something for me that, you know, I have one in my pocket, one in my backpack. You never know, maybe the battery, like I'm notorious for letting batteries just not be fully charged when I get out there in the woods and having extras of those. But, you know, there's definitely those fine lines of carrying too much, but there's some things that are absolutely worth having extras of. Yeah, I think headlamps is is for sure one of those. I made that mistake last year, the first freaking archery, archery opener. I took two headlamps with me thinking that I'd be good and Sure enough, I'd let both of the batteries die and I hadn't checked them beforehand and just trying to walk, find my way to this tree. I was going to sit in with no freaking light five o'clock in the morning. So always have a backup to your backup. Yeah, absolutely. What's the old saying? Two is one, one is none. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, this was a, uh, I think this was a a productive, a productive week. Hopefully the listeners got something out of it. Uh, We kind of, went all over the place with this week, a little bit miscellaneous, but that's all good. Um, want to wrap us up with some closing thoughts, fellas, uh, Bobby got anything? Uh, yeah, don't do four rains in a 24 hour period and get your minerals out right away. And if you can't get them out, then have four energy drinks. So, (laughs) 
Oh, heavy hitter, Bobby. Lay off the caffeine, folks. <laughs> uh, Carter, what you got? Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to our buddy Scotty Eisen. Go follow uh, Scotty on Instagram for the best euro mounts in the business. Uh, you can find him at uh, the underscore skull underscore keeper. Uh, let's get him to a thousand followers. I think that would make me happier than anything in my life right now. So go follow Scotty. Hell yeah. He's a good follower too, man. And he does some badass euros. So for sure. Garrett, what you got, man? Um, always have a backup unless it's energy drinks, according to Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Always One. have a backup energy drink. Always. One is enough, Bobby. <laughs> Chill out, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. Nobody better tell him there's little pre-workout packets to pack into the backcountry. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna wrap this one up by saying, um, get out there. It's summertime. Do your summer prep. Get those minerals out. Uh, check your gear. Make sure you have those backups. Get out there and freaking plant a garden. Um, grow some vegetables. You know, we 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 always hammer eat what you kill, but eat what you grow. It's a great time of year to to. Uh, try that as well. Um, little homemade salsa, some fresh jalapenos goes great on a venison taco. So, um, and you know, if you're doing that, need, need to check out the, uh, the good folks over at insect shield. I've been really impressed with their product. Um, it's always a, it's always the time of year where you gotta be mindful of those, those pesky, pesky insects. So that's all we got for this week. We appreciate the hell out of you listeners. Um, and we will talk to you next week.